Hi guys, welcome back to our podcast. It's me, Daniel, speaking. Um, I apologise for not being there for the special. But without further ado, on our fifth podcast, we're talking about fake news and misinformation in politics and social media. That's, that's our topic today. So I want to start off with a quick, what is fake news? That's a definition. And um, in the Cambridge Dictionary, it's quite, quite funny, four stories that appear to be news spread on the internet or using other media, usually created to influence political views or as a joke, so like memes and stuff like that. Uh, this is nothing new. This has been going on for years. Uh, throughout all of history, way back, we talk about hundreds of years, like fake news has been going around. So it's not a modern phenomenon. It hasn't been coined by a contemporary politician. It has been around as long as begin, as I've just said. So let's start with some examples. So. Well, the first one I found was newspapers printed that King George II was ill in an attempt to destabilise him. So, like, they were trying to topple him, trying to lead a coup. So they started printing these newspapers and leaflets, handing them out, that the king was dying. So people were like, oh, yeah, you could get a new king or something like that. And then also on the 21st of August in 1835, the New York Sun, so another Sun newspaper which talks a lot of rubbish, uh, reported and published a series of articles that, were, that there was life on the moon. So, they had people believing that there were demons flying around on the moon. So you can imagine the kind of hysteria that was being caused. Hysteria Wait, that's being caused. That's not true. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they, they had they had this, and then um, there's a famous one. It's more recent. I can't remember the year, but it's when they they aired uh, War of the Worlds on the radio. Oh yes, that's people, famous. Yeah. Yeah, it had people um, moving a bit crazy. So, yeah, I think it caused like whole cities to evacuate, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, there are people that um, <laughs> I don't want to make any rude remarks about Americans, but um, they're quite, <laughs> they're quite gullible. They're quite gullible in that challenged, yeah, challenged, yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's uh, thank you for uh, Daniel for alienating all the American podcast <laughs> listeners. And um, so let's jump, let's jump straight in. Well, what's going on right now? We've got the protest. So there's obviously going to be fake news attached to that. And for what I've seen, has anyone seen World War Z, the movie? Yeah. World War Z. Uh, Just Steve? Just Steve? Yeah, Brad Pitt and like all the zombies that come yeah, across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that movie was so... Dead movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. No. What? No, no, no. no I watched that movie. I watched that movie my first year at university in the court and I watched that. And I was in my room by myself and I could hear screaming outside. When I mean I thought the zombie apocalypse had started. Like, no. Anyway, well, Edison. Uh, who's gullible now? But anyway, carry on. <laughs> of a picture from World War Z and it claimed that this was happening in America right now. It got like thousands of retweets, people were commenting, sharing, reposting and then somebody obviously was like, wait a minute, this, I've seen this before. I don't know how people spot these things but yeah, they were like, this is from World War Z. And then another example I found was um, uh, CBC News I don't know if anyone's seen the clip of the police cars ramming into the protesters. Yes, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. So, in New York or...? I'm not sure where it was, but there was two police cars like, looking like... Um, they looked like Range Rover kind of vehicles. Yeah, yeah, I saw that clip, yeah. Yeah, they drove into some protesters, yeah. There, there's a full clip that we, uh, most of us are seeing, but CBC News had put a, a shortened version. It shows the cars moving forward, but not driving into the, pe- um, driving to the people. So I've seen a tweet of people saying, oh, the news don't want to share this, the news don't want to do this, the news don't, don't want to do that. As much as you want to agree with that, that's, that's misinformation. You'd think that it's fake news being spread by the media, but actually the media can't show those images until the watershed. Yeah. So it's like it's causing that kind of, that misinformation is causing like kind of like... Distrust uh, and... Yeah, it's causing distrust, that kind of thing. Like it can have the effect. Although this person thought they were calling out misinformation, Mm. They themselves were spreading misinformation. It's difficult, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, so you can tell you, how... yeah it's difficult because <laughs> you you only see what you're being shared, like the information that like, you're being shared with. Yeah. And uh, yeah. like, like you, you never know what the full story is, really. But that's why it's important to like have multiple sources as best as you can yeah. when looking at the news to try and cover it at different angles. But even then, like you can have multiple sources and still not know the full story. So the, the my segment today is going to be quite um quite question driven. I like to pick up your guys' brains and find out what your opinions are. 
Lovely. So, do you question what you read? That's the very first one. Now, when you read a social media post, do you immediately question it? Or do you share it to your friends first and then question it afterwards when discussing race? Um, okay, so if I'll go first then to answer that. Um, as much as I would like to believe that I do question everything, Mm-hmm. In all honesty, I have fallen prey to, you know, sharing something as soon as I see it, thinking, oh, mm-hmm. my God, I, this needs to be seen. And then, like, literally two minutes later, going back to unretweet or unlike or unshare, whatever I've shared. Because, you know, you feel kind of silly because you just share, yeah. I don't know, like a gorilla's on the loose in Manhattan and you're like, oh, crap, no, okay. it was a lie. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's difficult. You do try to be quiet. You do try to evaluate mm-hmm. everything you see. Mm-hmm. But, it is difficult sometimes because you know you're scrolling through your phones quite fast you see glimpses of stuff yeah. and especially when there's like a big news story going around you tend to just retweet whatever is associated to it uh, in the heat of the moment but then mm-hmm. later on when you do a little bit of fact checking you do, you do feel a bit silly yeah i agree with Aaron. Yeah. like it's easy to get caught out i mean like what i try to do is just follow like different news sources so that what mm-hmm. i see like what i'm being fed is hopefully varied but it's like Aaron said like if I see something like outrageous for example like a gorilla running through Edmonton Green I don't know <laughs> something mad like that I mean, I'm, I'm gonna share it instantly like, I'm gonna share it instantly and I don't, you know the repercussions I'll deal with it later so I think everyone okay, can fall can fall for that okay th- so uh, yeah another question how often do you check the comments under a post on social media so that thing you just all the shared, time. how often? All the time. Thank you, Rohat. That's my man right there. Thank yeah. You. All the time. Do you guys do that before you share? Or Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I always read it because some of the things people say are also kind of funny underneath mm-hmm. <laughs> new yeah, stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah. why I read it. Though. Not to check if it's like, <laughs> true or false. If okay, I'm keeping I'm, it 100. Excuse me, yeah, Steve. It's not 100. To... If we're keeping it two Virgils. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're keeping it two Virgils out here. If I'm keeping it two Virgils, I tend to, I don't even look at actual posts anymore. I always just go to the comment section straight away and I just retweet. I don't retweet the main thing anymore. I just retweet the reactions people give to it because yeah. those tend to be funnier than the actual content itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just bringing up that for the point of um, a lot of people, you may find as in the most retweeted comment, the most liked comment, it usually calls out the original post. So if someone puts something out, oh, this is this is this, someone would counter argument like, no, actually, this is that, and then you think to yourself, oh wait, so why just read the first one, it was misleading or it was fake news, yeah. and someone's usually fact checked it. So Twitter do add fact check links to tweets. I'm not sure how recently they started this, but um, apparently it happened. They tagged one to one of Donald Trump's tweets, so um, saying that this may be misleading, and he was. Um, yeah, I think he about that. didn't he p- pass a law regarding that uh, recently. I think so. I was reading that, but I wasn't sure how. I didn't want to bring any fake news to this, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't talk about. Yeah, I, 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 I think what, what what he did is like he he made Twitter like a um uh, what, what they call like a tabloid or like uh, they're accountable as the same as a, a news firm. So they have to adhere to like yeah. similar kind of laws where in the past they were just, you know, it was just Twitter, or, like some internet company. just want to give another example of some fake news that's happened recently. Do you hear about the, the blackout, the blackout in DC? The DC mm-hmm. um, hoax blackout? Yeah, there's a hashtag, uh, I think it was, yeah, DC blackout. Twitter did take, did tw- did take some, um, they did um, ban some accounts. People were telling everyone this was happening in DC, but actually nothing was happening. So there was no internet, there was no electricity, the government had shut it down. So, yeah, that's just one example. Uh, so, do you think it's social media's companies due to the police fake news? I think so, in my opinion. Like, because like you have to you always have to take like responsibility if you're in that industry producing the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my opinion, like you should take responsibility on ensuring that it's correct, and you can't just profit off evil fake news. Because at the end of the day, you know, some fake news can be like we were talking about a gorilla running through town. That's kind of harmless, but then some fake news can be quite harmful. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, you, you can think of countless I, examples. 
Can yeah. I just point out something? I think Facebook has a branch in, I believe, uh, Malaysia, where they have people literally just sitting there on Facebook all day and flagging posts that are like, you know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. videos of people mm-hmm. being murdered, uh, child abuse videos and so on. And it has a serious detrimental effect to the well-being of the people that are there. But, you know, there isn't an algorithm which can just go through and determine what is and isn't fake news or what is and isn't harmful for the people out there. So you do have to have an actual individual sitting there and just flagging the posts throughout mm-hmm. the day. So I think while Facebook does kind of have that um, sort of in place, it's not done with as much uh, precision and uh, it's not done as well as it could be done. And so mm-hmm. you do end up having people who, okay, they might not be posting you know, something egregious like a murder or something. But they, as Steve said, there are people out there who do post some really crazy things which can actually be quite harmful in the long run. Um, yeah, I think Steve wants to talk. Yeah, so like if you look at the example of Brexit and the, you know, the run-up to the election, how much fake yeah. news was being shown. And it wasn't just necessarily social media. I mean, if you remember the one with the bus, uh, I forgot how many, like 300 yeah, million going to the editions. Yeah, 350 million pounds, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the tip of the iceberg, I, I think. Like, imagine all the grandmas and aunties that are just, like, sharing stuff on the WhatsApp chat and, you know, off Twitter, etc. <laughs> and people believe... Oh, actually, crazy, yeah. It's insane, isn't it? And people actually believe this stuff and end up voting. On, we felt it, so they voted on it, and now we're in this situation with Brexit, so... I think they have a responsibility, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's very true. But how, when does, how can a social media company call out the lies of a government? Mm. As in, say they're going around spreading this picture of 50 million pounds so and so a week. But how does, how does Twitter company go, this is a lie? If that makes sense. Yeah, that's, again, oh, it's a difficult to, one. Uh, oh. I think um, it's quite easy to manage the politicians because you mm-hmm. know exactly who they are. They have verified accounts. So if they were to tweet out the 350 million a week, Twitter should put a warning on it like they did recently with Donald Trump's uh, tweet yeah. about these thugs and where they said this incites violence. They could just put a little disclaimer underneath it. However, it mm-hmm. is very difficult to then, you know, almost police people who will share it. So, you yeah. know, the politician might tweet the picture you can tell that the politicians one is a lie. You can write a disclaimer underneath it. But if then countless other social media accounts or maybe smaller accounts go and then share it, how do you kind of follow that picture around? And actually is there, I don't know. I mean, you guys are engineers, so maybe you would know better than me, but is there like an algorithm or the code that you can write, which will figure out what that picture is and flag it wherever it goes or how does it go? Yeah, you can have like machine learning algorithms that, that basically categorize. They have like a sample of, uh, let's say I have a, a sample of Aaron pictures, right? And the alg- algorithm learns what you kind of look like. Yeah, it's quite creepy. <laughs> they know your geometry of your face. And then when, when you feed in new pictures, it kind of categorizes it with a, you know, like a confidence level. By 90% confidence, it should be Aaron. But my, actually, my point, what I wanted to say is like, there's a, there's worse, like, how do we determine what is fake news and what is opinion? Because it can become like a gray line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. so then, mm-hmm. like Dan said, like, how, how does Twitter have the power or like, how do they decide when to dis- say this is fake news and not an opinion of someone restricting their freedom of speech? Yeah, I think that's a good point because as we've seen so far with, um, with the way that Twitter and both Facebook are run, you often find that... Um, there's a lot of these echo chambers of, you know, Nazis pretty much who are just tweeting all yeah. this very extreme hate, but they don't get removed because there's a concept of, you know, oh, it's free, freedom of speech and it's, you know, um, uh, we can't take it out. It's their opinion. You know, we can't police them. This isn't what we're doing, but they don't do the same thing for the counter views where if somebody was to just tweet something like, I think you're dumb, they'll be like, oh, we flagged this. You've said the word dumb. This is getting deleted. Your account's getting deleted. But at the same time, there's a whole bunch of Nazis running around and they can just share wherever they want. So I think it's kind of dangerous if you just allow Twitter to police it as they want Mm -hmm. because they haven't really filled us with confidence so far. The other thing about fake news is now it's targeted to certain, certain people. So before, 
the most valuable commodity was oil. Now it's data. So Cambridge Analytica, I don't know if you guys, if you watch that documentary on Netflix, but Cambridge Analytica, that's kind of, in essence, that's what they've done. They basically, uh, they directed uh, information, fake news, to certain type of uh, people. So for example, let's say you're left wing, they'll be like, let's say they, let's say their client, sorry, was Donald Trump and his ideologies and whatnot are more right wing. They would like feed fake news about his counterpart, exactly. the people who have opposite ideology to people on Facebook who, who support him. So when you keep on getting these informations and you keep on every single day you go on your phone and you see, oh, these people have done that. Oh, these, and obviously you don't question it. Like Dan asked us in, at the beginning, do you question it? And most of us kind of said, we blagged, we said, no, not really. That's what happens. So you can now direct fake news, which is even more, like, which is terrible now. That's, yeah, yeah so that's actually quite a lot scary. Adverts, when you go on a website to look at trainers and you see those trainers on your Instagram feed and you see those so forth and so on. I'm so scared to, to drop have some... out loud anymore. I'm scared. My <laughs> friends listen to everything. If I tell you today I'm, I'm hungry for, you know, chocolate cake, I can go onto my phone 10 minutes later and it'll give me like 50 different chocolate cakes near you. It just scares the crap out of it's, me. It's insane. Like, it actually happens. <laughs> I swear to you. Like, do, do you mind think you get like, listened on the phone then? 100. Oh, what did he say? Uh, listen to right two, now. Two Julies. Two Virgils. <laughs> two Virgils. Two Virgils. Two Virgils. Two Julies. We're going to listen to you right now as we speak. So 10 years from now, there'll be like a groundbreaking thing. Oh, iPhone listens to you. Like, there'll be something like that. I'm sure of it. They definitely so there's no do. way we're not getting listened to, man. Yeah, they definitely do. Let me just tell you some numbers on like Insta- social media posts. So there are 500 million tweets a day. Wow. 500 million. That's an average of 6,000 tweets per second. 350,000 tweets per minute. And that totals to 200 billion tweets per year. That sounds like quite a lot. And that, that is, is yeah. Donald Trump. And then we look at Facebook. I don't have the numbers for posts, but I have the for photos uploaded. So just 350 million photos uploaded. So that makes sense. So just a photo right on it. Do something, do something like that. It's like, so that's 14.58 million photos per hour. I say that's like 4,000 per second. And then I want to ask you, is it even possible for social media to police fake news? These numbers we're seeing mm. on like large scale accounts, right down to us little people, tweeting nonsense so yeah i think i think like yeah is, is is it possible to to police it entirely i don't think so it's gonna be really really difficult <laughs> it, like you said dan like the the amount of information there is is insane and there's probably actually more this is like what's recorded um you know then you look at yeah, messages random stuff. yeah yeah this is and then you look at like private messages etc like we do have tech Luckily, we do have like machine learning techniques and like automated algorithms that help. But the issue is if you want to block it all, it it will be a bit broad and it will affect like legitimate media. So it's kind of like a balance of what do you strike? Yeah, I think think it is going to be something that that is very difficult to do but uh, there isn't enough funding being put into doing it because as Rohat said, right now, the biggest commodity on earth is data. And if we look at it like that, eventually somebody somewhere is going to have to come up with some sort of algorithm to police this because traditional media is kind of going under. People don't really care Mm -hmm. about the news. And, you know, as you kind of said in the beginning with the whole uh, cars running into the protesters thing, people see that all the time and they say, look, the news didn't show us this. We got it on Twitter. And that kind of leads to the idea that we can't trust print journalism. We can't, I mean, you know, we had the whole hacking scandal with Piers Morgan and so on. So everything is, everyone is eventually going to get their news from Twitter and Facebook if they're not already. I mean, I get my news from Twitter. I can't lie to you. When I wake up in the morning, it's like checking a newspaper for me. I check through Twitter, see what happened over the last day. You know, so I think um, some funding and money has to go into this going forward because it is hard, but I think it can be accomplished with the right funding. It's difficult. That's some very, very good points there. Very good what do you think, there. Dan? What, what, what do you think about that? Do you think it, it's Me? possible? I'm just evoking my Fifth Amendment or whatever they say and 
Not saying nothing. Not saying nothing about this. Fuck you in trouble. Fine, Mark Zuckerberg My next question. Mark Zuckerberg will read your mind. That's the least of your worries. We'll be listening to you right now, and I've got family to take care of and stuff like that. So. Dan's got anyway. six kids. You're going. <laughs> don't, don't tell people. Don't tell people. Ah, sorry, man. So, do you do you feel it is our responsibility as users to police social media ourselves and let act as the first line of defense? I, I, how the I, fuck yeah. do we want to do that? <laughs> Wait, how, how many Very social media? <laughs> Very elegant. <laughs> how how many how many social media posts do you feel like you reported? If you see something you don't like, do you report it? I mean, I think the kind of issue with that approach is that it's kind of like what Donald Trump said. Um, you know, yeah. when the looting starts, the shooting starts, or like you know, when he kind of advocated for people to just go to the streets and do their own kind of policing. Yeah. You you don't know who's gonna turn up and start doing the policing. I mean, uh, you know, literally the other day they shut down how many uh, police websites by putting K-pop uh, fan cams. So yeah. you know that's a form of policing by the people where they you know they go on they report or they break down the uh, you know a, a website which they deem to be um, you know misinformation or fake news or whatever. It kind of it, taking as into your own hands is only good if you can trust the people that are taking it into their own hands. If you can't, then you're left with a situation of. But I, I, it could I th- get worse. I think you can have like, luckily with social media, you can have conversations with people online. So if someone has a point that you think is incorrect, you can then have a debate online and like yeah. give your point. But have you ever tried to debate someone? No, no. Nah, nah. wait, wait, wait. Steve, Steve. Yeah, go on, Rohan. Yeah, debating debating on Twitter is the worst thing you can do because people come on Twitter to bash you and they do it for retweets and likes. So nobody's here to actually have a conversation. So people That's that are listening to this, do not debate on Twitter. That's do true. Do not debate on Twitter. That's true. But you're not like if you go in with the idea that you're going to convert the the one that you're debating. That's wrong. But if you're going to go in and you're given like proper facts, you know, it's it's sound logic. The people that see these tweets will know who's correct, and they will be affected. You, you, you're not trying to change the the troll; you're changing the people that are reading the trolls. Yeah, fair enough. I, I was just going to say, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a good point that you're making, but it, can we also remember that uh, there's actually children on on Twitter and Facebook as well who will just go mm-hmm. and there's people who are called trolls, you know, who, who associate themselves as trolls. So you can go in with facts, you can go in with figures, you can go in with the best intentions, but there's either going to be someone who's just like, ha ha, shut up, or they're just going to be like, you know, uh, report, report, report for no reason. And it's just the quality of person going on you can't police. You need to police that first, I would say, maybe. That's true. That's true. Mm, that's How do you feel it's, our, it's your responsibility to report things, though? If you see something... See, if you see something that shouldn't be on social media, you should report it. Not just scroll past it. Yeah. Like you should like start on following and blocking people because people share anything as as Aaron said, for clout, for retweets, for likes. People will write anything, yeah, even when true. people are proven to be wrong on the original post. They won't delete it because it got a thousand it's, likes. It's not about being right or wrong. You know that the internet is not being about right or wrong. It's just about how much clout. It's a lawless land. How many it's, it's not a real. It's not a real place. Yeah, it's not a real place. It's, it's just. But the but was it has such an influence? That's such an influence on people's lives. But here's the thing, like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the scary thing. Here's the thing, though. Like before, like Dan said, you know, it was all newspapers and everything. We didn't have an influence, but now with social media, we can actually try and influence this. Like Dan said, if you if you mark it as inappropriate or let's say someone's expressing some really racist views that are totally wrong, you can easily get that marked down and and banned. And back in the days when it was a newspaper, okay, they'd but- write they'd sorry they'd write some wild stuff, and you just be angry at it, and you can't do anything, and they'll just keep writing this wild stuff. So it, it's like pros and cons with different generations. Yeah, but the thing is, if we're being honest as well, yeah. People, I don't want to say this woman's name because uh, like she's mad racist, she's annoying, and I no free clout. And I don't, no and I don't, I've like blocked her and everything because I want nobody to like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so Katie know. Hopkins, 
Yeah. Oh my days. Whoa, whoa, don't say whoa, her name. Whoa, I said whoa. no free clout. Man, it's like saying Voldemort, bro. I know, but I have to. Because then how are they going to know you're going to explain about it? No, 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 right, just say, just say racist troll and everyone will know. Okay, that racist fucking troll, yeah. The witch. You can report her a million times. But that woman brings so much traffic because of the idiots that retweet her that claim to hate so much traffic to her account. Twitter HQ ain't gonna say, Oh, let's block her. That's a lot of traffic gone and that's money gone. Yeah. So there Yeah, you it's go. difficult. You're right, yeah, that's that's you're correct. She says some wild stuff online and she's still there. So yeah, we're yeah. bringing it right right back around the perfect circle. It's all about money. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Money and that's, a, that's all the that's how the world spins and everything nowadays. So what can we do about it? Besides try and not spread fake news ourselves. Exactly, yeah. I guess we all have like a personal social responsibility and you, you do yeah, your best do. and that's uh, what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, my, my my personal uh, my responsibility is not to try to get clout of somebody that I hate, such as that person that I mentioned. What I suggest people do is, she can say the most wild stuff. She says those wild stuff because she wants to get your attention. Like, that's it. I genuinely believe Kate Hopkins is a shit person, but I don't think she can be that bad. The only reason she says those stuff that she says, and she says dumb stuff as well, is to get the traffic on her account to earn her money. That's it. Stop retweeting her. Stop, like, block her. Straight up, block her. Uh, I agree with Rohat. One, like, two, two Julies. Two Virgils. Two Virgils, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, but you're right, yeah. She, she obviously, this is what her, this is literally a job. She's, uh, she goes on she the fringe, she makes fringes. Money off it. Yeah, yeah. And she says, like, I, I know we all hate her, but like, there's no one that can be that insight, like, insight hate that much. Do you get me? It's obviously put on so because she knows she's gonna is, get traction. She's smart. Yeah, she's smart. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Like, she's smart. The people quote tweeting her and keep on atting her are the dumb ones. So you guys that, not you guys, but the people who retweet her, who try to quote tweet her to get a couple likes here and there, you are the dumb one. So how often do you question the agendas or motives behind the user who posts something on social media? So for example, this anonymous character has made a return. Do you question any motives behind this person just popping up? just happens to be during the Black Lives Matter protest, bringing up some stuff, spurring on the people. Um, I, I, so for, as far as I'm aware, the Anonymous is like a, a group of hackers that kind of form on of, yeah. uh, 4chan. And their whole thing is, you know, we're going to bring down the government by hacking, uh, you know, different information and releasing it to the public and so on. I hadn't actually thought of them as doing what they're doing in a performative way until the way the, when you ask that question. Because when you consider that they're kind of releasing information on Donald Trump being a potential, I mean, we don't know if this is, again, we don't know if this is fake news or not, but they're kind of accusing him of being a pedophile uh, because of his connection with Jeffrey Epstein. We yeah. don't know if that's true. And I feel like kind of by doing that, you're diverting the attention away from the current protests to Donald Trump. So whilst initially I did kind of think to myself, yeah, Anonymous are the good guys. The, now that the, just the way that you asked that question just popped in my head. Like, why would you, I, I feel like they've kind of changed people's yeah, attention. I, just, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're not trying to influence us, but just with, when you said that, that was the first thing that popped in my mind, which was, are they kind of I'm happy that you caught on. I'm happy that you caught on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that's but you have to question, have to question people's motives. When the person, we talked about Katie Hopkins earlier, but her, her motives are, are very, very clear. And she puts things there to cause hate, to cause disruption, to generate money for herself, like to, to get clickbait, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So you know, people maybe seem to be on your side as this anonymous person is. You have to question people's motives. Like, are they really there for the betterment of black people's lives? Or are they there to cause anarchy, to get people on the streets, to cause riots? to destroy exactly. banks as people yeah. are hijacking so you say, always have to question someone's motives like, if you know what I do example, school anything yeah sure yeah you know like this popped into my head now that Eden said what he said anonymous hasn't got a face we don't know who anonymous is anonymous can be a government thing it can be like a Trojan horse do you get me it can look yeah. like one of us but it could be infiltrated do you, do you get what I'm trying to say yeah like, yeah. Could, yeah 
Do you get me? Because it's it's like all documents and writings and papers. That is so easy to fake online. Mm. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and and they didn't release anything uh, necessarily new because I searched up the name that they associated Trump with, with that thirteen-year-old girl, and it was information that was out there already. Yeah, it's already public. So it's not like it was already public. Yes, so it's not nothing like. And they got they started off, if I'm not mistaken, when I first looked at their followings, like when they initially came out back again, they had like four hundred, four hundred something k. They're on like five point. Just literally, you just million jumped million the gun. I just about to tell you. They started uh, on 500,000 followers two days ago, and they're now 5.8 million. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's, the, that's the numbers. I was going to tell you that. Yeah, bro. That's continue. Sorry. Yeah, that's kind of frightening because, like, like you guys said, are they on our side? Are they not? We don't know. And somebody, and this was on Twitter, and it got like 300k uh, likes. Somebody said that that anonymous is not, they're not anonymous. Like, that's not actually anonymous, they said. So it's a bit, it's a it's bit difficult. of a weird one now. It's a difficult one with anonymous because the the concept is that anyone can be anonymous. So exactly. let's say, let's say you like you're you're you live in Africa and you're you, you know I don't know you're being persecuted yeah. for some reason. You can take the mantle of anonymous so that you're not yeah. you, you know you're not identifiable and you can hack them etc. Yeah. And, but here's the thing as well though. Sorry, Steve. Anonymous is a one Twitter account. You're telling me one person is on that or every single anonymous flat, like uh, colleague, worker, I don't know what you call it. So who's actually controlling the account? That's the thing. That's, yeah, you're you know right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that official anonymous Twitter account isn't necessarily all of anonymous. You're, you're totally right. Um, can I just quickly point something out? Uh, again, this could just be fake news. It could be misinformation. Now that Dan's kind of asked these questions, I'm, I'm questioning everything that I've seen in the past week, but... Um, I've been thinking so, this for days. Exactly. So it's like they, somebody posted a thing where they had um, emailed or they had messaged the anonymous Twitter account saying, how can I join? And then anonymous must have replied to them like, oh, here's, a, here's like three things that we need to know about you. Like, what's your email address? What's this? What's that? So we can double check on you. And then they posted the screenshot saying, oh, this is what anonymous wanted. And then that to me just goes, if your recruitment criteria is so lax, I would think it's almost impossible for you to not get counterhacked by the government when you're saying that you're taking on the government. And that's where the whole mm-hmm. Trojan horse thing comes into play. Like, surely if there is an anonymous hacking group like this out there that is directly, directly attacking the government, the government would counterhack them. But that doesn't two, seem to be happening, which is kind of, I don't know. I think Steve's two kind of things to say though. Two things, though. Um, okay. Yeah. One, let, let, say that, your point and then pass on to Steve, yeah? Yeah, one, that picture they posted could be fake, Photoshop, again, stuff we never question. And two, Anonymous is supposedly a thousand million people. Where the hell does the government attack? Um, I'm not a hacker, so I wouldn't know how they would go about It's a sticky situation, but... Yeah, uh, Steve, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's, it's not unknown for false flag operations to happen. I mean, they, they've happened in the past, Bay of Pigs, etc. So why can't false flags on information happen? It's, it's perfectly, like, reasonable. And it makes sense, especially in this, this time where it's... I think this is going to be key in American history with the death of George Floyd and especially with right-wing politics on the rise. It's going to be, like, information is just going to be used as a weapon. So if, for me, it's not far-fetched that, like Dan said, they'll be used as a Trojan horse, you know, to affect people's minds, essentially, because that's what media is, mind control, in a sense. Scary. That last sentence was so scary, Steve. It just made the me think of is mind control. I think I watched too many, too, too many films. <laughs> no, but the thing is, this is what goes through my head. I'm trying to get this like, into everybody is question everything you see like everyone says oh daniel you're a counter-culturalist you always argue Ooh, you are, though, always, yeah i know you're always being different but honestly <laughs> i need to read something yeah. <laughs> but um we'll see you bring up there okay. we live in a we live in a scary time because conspiracy theories kind of start making sense now to me like nothing is a conspiracy to me some stuff genuinely makes sense like 34 years ago, oh, the FBI and blah, blah, is not listening to us. Say that now to someone. Oh, fuck, of course. Like, that used to be a conspiracy. Now, 
is not a conspiracy. It's just just to truth. point out, um, you know, the NSA was caught up in a scandal where it was like, oh, actually, they are listening to everyone. So just to kind of explain that point further, as, as Rohat said, 40 years ago, I mean, not even four years ago, when we were kids, uh, without giving away our age too much, let's just say a decade ago, um, because we're all very young, obviously. Uh, around a decade ago, if you were to say, oh, the government's listening to us, you'd be like that weird kid in class where they'd be like, oh, this guy's always talking about conspiracy theories. But then like literally five, ten years, five, six years ago, I think it was, the NSA got found out to be just listening to every single civilian's yeah. phone calls. And it, it was just like, oh, we've been telling you this for ages. And, and it kind of opens up the door to potentially many other conspiracy theories. But yeah, speak on. I think in the, G, uh, the, the equivalent in the UK is GCHQ. They record every phone call and like video call that, we, that has ever been transmitted in the UK for up to like 10 years, which is insane. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. What? It's insane. And it's, it's openly known. It's in Cheltenham. It, guys, if you're, if you're listening to this, Google it. GCHQ in Cheltenham. And uh, yeah, it's basically a huge data center for. Uh... Okay, so Steve, do you want MI five to knock on our door? Don't speak, don't <laughs> don't speak facts like this. You know, too open. We're done out here already. Oh damn! Is the Fed? <laughs> no, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> I searched it, and this building looks crazy, bruv. Doesn't I'm the first time I've seen it. Yeah, I've never heard of. Thank you, Steve, for for now putting me on the list. <laughs> I didn't realize this was this was spiraled into. into I mean, my God, this just looks like an evil layer. I mean, this is insane. On, I just as well. This just <laughs> looks like an evil layer. What is this? You like, know, you know what? this got to be the cover photo. This has got to be the cover photo because this is insane. I, I, I crazy, never knew yeah. that building even existed. Like it literally encompasses the whole town. <laughs> like it's that big. <laughs> There's 5,806 employees were counted in, in, on the 31st of March in 2016. So this building can house nearly 6,000 people. That is, yeah. that is crazy. Wow. This is Cheltenham the, as well. Cheltenham's Cheltenham. not that big a place. Yeah, it's not that big of a place. So you, you can see how important got, data is. Yeah. Of course. They've got a, a horse track and this. That's about it. Yeah, the, the Cheltenham horse <laughs> track insane. and then this. Do a little gambling sesh and then go and listen to your... <laughs> To, the Listen, video to be report. fair, after our last episode, we probably are on a list somewhere oh, anyway. Most, so most definitely. Do yeah. your worst. Do your worst. Thank you for listening to our last episode, guys. We will not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was bloody brilliant. Obviously, everybody's aware uh, we are in a crazy time with COVID and whatnot. And people have taken this time while everybody's at work to exercise more. However, some people are probably doing the opposite and using this time to rest and sit and basically do nothing, which is fine as well. I'm not, I'm not getting on to anybody. But with COVID being such a deadly virus, I want to say, taking away a lot of lives, uh, I think we actively, as um, people, have to kind of work towards reducing our risk to the virus and essentially... Obviously, we've got biologists, well, not biologists, but scientists here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially... I am a biologist, uh, but carry on. Yep. Essentially, what COVID is, uh, it affects um, people, like people get most affected by it if you've got a poor immune system. And so, obviously, certain um, modifications in behavior could help you improve your immune system. I'm not 100% sure on this. If you have a better diet, it can help. But one thing I am sure of is exercise. So the more exercise you do, the better it can be. Um, but the type of exercise you can do, it can affect. So I've done a bit of research and there is aerobic exercise. So that is with oxygen. So you utilize oxygen while you do these exercises. And that will be like for a walk, a light jog. And then there's anaerobic, which uh, oxygen isn't utilized. And so um, research has suggested that doing high intensity, and people like to abbreviate it to HIT, could be dangerous for COVID because what high intensity does is the production of antioxidants increases and it suppresses the immune system. And so it can worsen the virus. However, aerobic exercise has uh, shown to uh, improve the immune cells, increasing the level and the function 
of the immune system. And the reason uh, that is, is because the cells that you have, like the white, uh, white blood cells you have in the immune system, they become stronger. And so what I want to ask you guys is, in this time where most of you are not working or working at home, some of us have been furloughed, congratulations, you know who you are. Uh, are you Say guys less. exercising? Say less. Are, you, are you guys exercising? What are you, what are you guys doing to keep fit? So, yeah, maybe I can buy in. Um, I try to do the whole, you know, let, let me keep up my routine thing. I mean, I used mm. to, go, let, let me say, in the past, I used to do some martial arts and uh, I used to go to the gym. Obviously, now that that's hard over, man, yeah. hard man, yeah, of course. But now that's all over. Mm-hmm. I, when it first began, I, I, <laughs> when it first began, I, I thought, oh, let me go to the park and just do like, you know, yeah. my own training, like some like drills or whatever. But then I got to the point where, I don't know, it's just you lack the motivation when you don't see other people. Yes, you know, it's, yeah. it's just difficult to do anything. So I, I, I've started gardening, I guess. And does that count as exercise, <laughs> Rohat? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not going to lie. How okay, you so go, many, many, that is hard work. Many middle-aged people's hearts just broke, uh, as you said that. <laughs> um, can I ask you a question, though, Rohat? And I think this kind of links to what, uh, what Steve said. Uh, like... I think it's an issue of motivation for a lot of people. Like I'm not, I'm yeah. not morbidly obese, right? I'm not in great shape, but I'm not morbidly obese. I'm fine, you know, with the with the way I am right now. I don't have any health issues, etc. Like I just find it kind of difficult to motivate myself to, you know, go to yeah. the go to the gym and do whatnot, just because I'm not really in a dire situation. Like, what kind of, yeah. what would you kind of suggest for people who who, who are kind of lacking that? that motivation to go forward because from what i understand i mean yeah you're saying that specific types of uh training can kind of help you combat coronavirus yeah well we can improve your immune system so yeah before i carry on i don't i'm not saying that you're going to do exercise you're going to be more fit and the coronavirus is not going to affect you that's not true this is just reducing the risk of getting the virus and the virus affecting you to a worse uh, degree and with the motivation thing, it's like a personal story of mine. I've got some weights at home and I've done weights at home, but it is most definitely not the same. So I don't know about you, Dan, because I know you go gym, mm-hmm. but I find it, I've done it for two weeks and I found it so hard like, to carry on doing it because one, there isn't, there isn't enough weight, so I'm not challenging myself enough. And yeah. I'm limited to the amount of exercise Olympia, that I want to do. Right. No, no. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm limited to the amount of exercises I can do. And personally, for me, the space isn't enough. So that proper demotivates me. And it's like, yeah. cool, I don't want to do it. And another thing which may sound silly to other people is I have the weights where I have to take the plates off. So it takes me at least, in total, 30 minutes to take off a plate and put it onto a, a, the other bar. And I just find it so jarring and long. Is this the, just, is this the cumulative amount? Or are you saying that you use such heavy weights it takes you literally 30 minutes to take one? <laughs> nah, I mean, nah, I know I'm you're strong, saying. but... <laughs> uh, you are painting the maddest picture on no, the viewers. I, guys. I am not, I'm not as strong as this guy's making out to be. It's Popeye. It's Popeye. I'm saying that Rohat is ripped. I am shredded. That's my statement. Shredded. That's my statement. If he makes an He's Instagram sh- page... All of you other personal trainers are out of business. But ladies, he, watch he, out. He, 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 <laughs> oh, he's coleslaw. He's coleslaw. He's shredded cabbage. He's shredded onions. He's... I'll ask you a question. Do you do, like, barbell training? Because uh, that's what I was doing in the gym, like squats and, I guess, bench, overhead yeah. press. But, but, but now yeah, it's so, like, how do you replace those exercises? Okay, so... Those type of exercise, so they're called co- compound exercises. So they use multiple joints while lifting or doing a movement. So those exercises are really important because you will see like people who haven't got a lot of knowledge around um, training and you'll see them just go in there, you know, doing one, two bicep exercises and that's it. That's the day done in the gym and they leave and a couple ab workouts. And these compound exercises are really important because they burn the most calories and they work the most muscles. However, Saying that, I don't want people to think, okay, I'm going to go into the gym, I'm going to go three times a week, and the only thing I'm going to do is compound exercises. No, because what that is going to do is you're going to overwork and you're not going to rest enough because those exercises tax the body a lot. 
So you need sufficient rest or you'll go into a state of overtraining and again, adherence, that would affect your adherence because mm -hmm. now you're going to be like, okay, I'm tired, I can't do it, or this is too taxing, I can't be bothered, it's affecting me, and then you won't go. So obviously, that's why personal trainers are good, but saying that some personal trainers are shit. Carry on. So, to, um, go on, Dan. I'd like to touch on the part, because Rohan said that, I go to gym as well, and how he struggles to have the motivation to do at home training. I think, well, for me, my personal experience is I go to the gym as I said, that's my space. I like my mental space to be away yep. from everything. I just have my music, or if you don't have music, and I work out, that's like right there. But that little, that traveling from my house to the gym puts me in a mind frame where there's no, I have no issues, no worries. Mm -hmm. I go to the gym, I have no pressures, like no anxieties. I'm just yep. there to work out. So like, it's like, it's difficult if you, like, to just do it at home where you don't have if that I'm at home, environment. Yeah, yeah you've got space, your mum like, flipping Hoover in the house in the background. You just can't concentrate, bro. Yeah. Okay, but well, have just, you ever yeah. thought about maybe uh, A, Hoover in the house yourself and B, uh, not, insult, <laughs> not insulting Martin, but uh, I actually wanted to ask you a question. Um, so like, we've, we've kind of discussed, oh yeah, you know, we like gym because you can do this in gym and you know, there's these exercises that you can do, but the main issue right now is we are not in a gym. So what do yeah. what can we actually do? Like, what do you think yeah. we should do? And what is your, yes. like, what, how do you work out? How do you make sure that when you wake up in the morning, you, you know, you do your, however many hours of training that yeah. day, do you have like a rotor or a, what do you do? So, so I've taken my time uh, to actually increase my knowledge rather than work out as much. So I've done more reading than working out. And uh, going back to the point of like... Exercising the mind. Exercising um, the yeah, mind. Yeah, exactly. Exercising the mind, yeah. Oh so, my God. Um, uh, what, you, what you said about what can, what can you do. So obviously if you have weights at home, you can use the weights, but assume, assuming... A lot of people don't. Uh, you can do a lot of body exercise. There's so many things on the internet. So realistically, nobody should say, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know how to do it. There's a plethora of information on the internet of what sort of exercises you can do, house tools like towels, which you can use. Um, towels. But yeah, so you can use towels as in like, you know, when you, let's say you want to do a lunge. Yeah. You can slide the towel back because obviously, you know, to get that, Obviously, if you if if you got um, carpet, it might be difficult. But then you can just do a normal a normal lunge or a, like um, whatever thing like with an ab uh, workout. You can start the towel off in a plank position and push the yeah. towel forward with your feet, and you know that crunches up uh, the ab yeah. the lumbar um, flexion. Oh, sorry, I'm not understanding how you actually use the towel. Search it up and you'll see. Search it up, yeah. We'll but I have a, have yeah, a question, we'll Rohan. So, sorry, yeah. like for people who are like more strength training based, you know, they're looking at mm. lifting larger numbers on compound lifts. Um, mm. These like, uh, even body weight exercises, I don't think provide enough resistance to, you know, keep yeah. improving or even maintain. For people on that yeah. level, what is the best thing for them to do when there's nothing at home? And also yeah. on, the, on the nutrition part, should they still be mm -hmm. eating at a caloric surplus to, you know, continue growing or should they yeah. cut or should they be at maintenance? Okay. Yeah. So for the first part of your question, uh, strength, just based specifically on strength training. So we're not looking at um, aesthetics and uh, how much muscle they have, just purely based on strength, uh, regardless of what you do. If you're if you're not uh, if you don't have access to those heavy weights that you're normally lifting, you're gonna somewhat lose your strength gains. It's not gonna be a massive amount, but you're not gonna if you're lifting hundred, and after this period you go back, you're not gonna lift hundred in it. You're gonna lift a little bit less because the thing with strength is, you can see if you look at Olympic lifters, some Olympic lifters, they can um, lift ridiculous amounts of weight, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, like bigger than them. And the reason that is because is strength starts at the neuromuscular stage at first. Mm -hmm. So you have like more muscle fibers contract as you train. So it's a lot of it is, um, is at the neuromuscular level. However, having more muscle 
um, would has been correlated with strength because having a greater cross-sectional area of muscle um, means you can build more strength because you have more muscle, kind of. And in the nutrition thing, for a strength person, uh, being over your calories, so being in the caloric surplus is what, you, what we call it, is a, a must, a definite. If you look at um, the strongest even man now. in England, I think, even that, uh, oh, even now, um, because you that's can't a difficult out. one. So should yeah, you just stop yeah. with the calorie but, surplus, or? I mean, if you're, I mean, if they're still working out, then the body still requires the demand of food. Does it demand uh, the same amount that they were previously on while they were actually going to an actual gym? No, because they're not taxing the body as much and they're not using up as much as energy as they were but don't take my word on it but i'm 99 i'm gonna say sure that um they should eat less especially for athletes who have to be in a certain a weight category yeah. they will have to obviously they'll obviously have their trainers and whatnot but they'll have to monitor that real close because obviously they can't burn as much but another thing that i want to add is um if you don't if you don't have access to those to a lot of weights, you can manipulate your uh, sets and reps and intensity to kind of match to the previous weight you had yeah. through volume and intensity instead of actual kgs, if you get what I mean. So, uh, but then again, what that does is the negative part of that is you have to spend way more time in the gym, and a lot of people. And that's like a point to why some people can't keep adherence because they might say, oh, two hours is too long. Mm -hmm. Oh, 45 minutes is too little. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And that's the problem with quarantine mm -hmm. right now. So that's the same kind of thing with me. It's like, let's say, for example, I bench 50 kg for 10. At home, I don't have 50 kg. Let's say I have 25 kg. Now I'm going to have to do what? In total, 20, uh, 20 reps for free, so 60, uh, 60 reps. And doing that, has its negative uh, effects as well because one like i said it makes you not want to train and two it can give a lot of a lot of strain on the joints so what i would suggest is like maybe now is the best time to explore something different i hate walking i've tried it i've done it for a week and stuff i just can't do it but like i said it's a form of aerobic exercise so maybe the best thing is for me to actually go do some walking. Yeah. So if I'm if I wanna if I'm gonna say to people walk walk walk, I think the best thing might. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go on. So I, I read this somewhere, and given that we initially spoke about like misinformation and fake news and whatnot, there is a lot yeah. of fake news surrounding the uh, you know working out industry as well. So mm. for example, they they say um, when you're walking, you use the same muscles that you use when you're running, and therefore realistically speaking if you just walk a bit longer it'll be the equivalent of running let's say i don't know 100 meters so if you walk a, if you walk 200 meters you would have worked out in the exact same way if you had run 100 meters is that true or do you actually activate more muscles when you're running if you run compared to walking you will see more benefits uh, when you run because if you think about it when you're running all that force is coming and hitting the ground so your body's absorbing that so one thing that is really good for is the bones. So weight training helps strengthen the bones as well. And that's one thing that um, is really important for women to do as well because uh, women are more likely to get osteoporosis and that's like weakening of the bones compared to men. So with running, with muscles, I do think it, it will be more beneficial for muscles, but I'm not sure. But for bones, I'm most definitely sure it helps strengthen the bones because obviously, like I said, when you're running, it's all your weight your foot slamming against the ground and the body's obviously absorbing that and so it's bearing some weight but with walking because it's so um low intensity yeah. it's just something you've been doing your whole life i mean we've been walking i'm 22 you guys don't want to live all your ages whatever uh, but i was joking not as old as you yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah when you're walking um like we've been walking our whole lives. When I look at my legs, I haven't got huge legs. So I think running will definitely not improve so, so, the size of legs, but not too much. So uh, can I... Go on. Yeah, sorry, Steve, go on, go ahead. Yeah, so when you get back, let's say all corona's over and you're mm. back to, with your clients, Rohat, how do you plan to ease them back into exercise? Is, is there like a, 
a kind of program we should follow or a kind of methodology yes so with with that what you don't want to definitely do is go back to your original training straight away so like you don't want to lift let's say prior to the virus you were doing 100 on the bench press you don't want to go back and do 100 on the bench press for your normal reps and sets because your body has now kind of adapted to this new situation and that's resting more doing less and you're not forcing that muscle as much so if you go back and do your original workout you're gonna it's gonna be detrimental and the reason is because you're gonna increase your soreness so something we call doms delayed onset muscle soreness you're gonna increase you're gonna basically have a heightened uh, doms and that's gonna Aaron affect just you for the- doms and that's gonna no, it just sounded like really strange after what we're talking about. Thank God you explained it. Yeah, so my Jurgen's cream. Yeah, so um like I said, when you go back to your training, if you go back to your original training after this is all over, it's gonna be detrimental because you're gonna do that and you're gonna heighten your DOMS to such a stage that when you have one day rest, two day rest, and let's say you're training your third day your performance is going to be affected because the muscle is so sore. So what I will suggest is, um, if you think of it uh, as like a deload, and deload is basically when you would work out for, let's say, four to six weeks, and at the end of, of the four or six-week period, you'll reduce your weights um, or your intensity or your volume, and you can do all three if you want. So I will suggest you start off with lower weights, uh, lower volume, and from there build up to your um to your original lifting can status I, and just, just one uh, more thing yeah go on. go on just one more thing as i mentioned on i think it was the second episode like if you're if you've trained and you go back and you haven't trained for a long period of time and you go back to training the amount of time it will take for you to get back to your strength gains compared to someone who's never ever trained is much much mm. quicker so i was just gonna say we've only got five minutes left and we've got places to be so just very quickly, um, can you can you tell us, for example, you work in uh, you know personal training. Mm-hmm. What should I look for in a personal trainer once I've once I've gone back to the gym and you know, yeah. once all this is done? I'm looking for a personal trainer. What do you think is good practice from a personal trainer, and how can someone know that you know the personal trainer that they're signing up for actually knows what they're talking about? Uh, what what's, what are some of the things yeah. to look out for? So according to what that personal trainer offers, number one, so you want to look at what they offer and you want to kind of, social media is a strong platform. You want to kind of see, you want to kind of see uh, how many people they train. And the reason I say that is because they, most of them will post up their, um, the videos of them training their clients. And I've seen some personal trainers and I've seen their clients do certain moves and I cannot believe that these people actually are personal trainers. Um, and I, my normal gym is pure gym. And obviously I don't, when, some, when a personal trainer gets a client, I don't see the initial stuff that they go through. But what we have to do for the company I work is we obviously take like your uh, body weight and all this like stats and stuff. But, and then we have two sessions prior to any program or anything that's being given. So initially, I will look at, you will go through certain body movements, like hinging at the hip, flexion, uh, you will do certain exercises. And what we look for is, when you're doing these movements, are there problems? So for example, if I'm getting my client to do a squat, I will get them to do the squat and I'll look at their, their foot placement. I will look at if their knee, when they're going down or coming up, collapses in, if their ankle collapses, I look at their spine. Is it neutral? Is it not neutral? So we look out for a lot of things. So if you do get a personal trainer, I think one of the biggest telling, well, not biggest telling, but one of the most important stuff is if they say, okay, cool, you're my client. Okay, today we're going to do a bench press and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to go through this. And none of it looks, and he never looks into your movement and how you're moving patterns and he doesn't have a checklist for that. I think that's a bad sign because you can get injured really quickly so you think someone who has like an initial session with you to try and uh, yeah. figure out if your form is good yeah because if you're doing that yeah because if you're if they're saying yeah 
okay, we're gonna, you're going to do a squat. This is your training program. They give you a training program, and in the training program, there's a squat, and you do it, and he, like, he just gives you, like, that's not right, because you have, before you give a program, like, you've got to see if the person can do it. So what we would do, if somebody can't do the squat, I'll get them to do a goblet squat. So that means you have no bar, and you have, uh, like, a dumbbell under your chin, and it basically is a re- regression. If you can't do that, and let's say you haven't got enough depth, I'll be like, okay, cool. You're going to sit on like a stool and from there you're going to stand up. So it's about stripping the exercise down to a stage where the person can do it without getting injured and then slowly progressing that through uh, uh, adding weight, adding more volume, adding intensity or changing the exercise to a harder exercise, which will then be the goblet squat. And then from the goblet squat, it'll be a proper squat. Yeah, but in my gym, I've seen a lot of personal trainers just straight up say, okay, cool, this is the program, here we're doing it. Yeah, I often see, you know, because um, I follow a few people who do like, um, you know, competitive weightlifting and so on, and they'll post videos of, um, for example, these Instagram, uh, yeah, in quotation marks, professional fitness enthusiasts, let's call them, and they'll be doing these uh, crazy looking exercises where they're on like a, a balancing ball and they're doing a squat while you know lifting a baby or something yeah. like just insane stuff that makes no sense and they, you know they always point out and say guys this is very dangerous but yeah so, so thank you what, for kind of telling us we've we kind of run out of time anyway but um yeah so thanks for telling us about the initial steps uh, you would look for in a personal trainer um which is basically that they actually look at your form and look at what you can and can't do before they actually offer you their services That was bloody brilliant.